Welcome to Economics Echo, the podcast that provides in-depth analysis of the latest business trends, economic data, and market moving policies. Zooming in on how this all affects ordinary people. A decade ago, a man by the name of Timothy Donald Cook took the reins and replaced the late great Steve Jobs as Chief Executive Officer of Apple Incorporated. Ten years on, how are things going? What has he achieved? What's his leadership style? Any challenges going forward? And who could replace him in the near future? All of this and much more coming up. Here is the 10-year report card on Chief Executive Officer Mr. Tim Cook. So Cook had been acting CEO before he officially took over. But the difference between the quarter before Cook took charge and today's sales just highlights how much larger Apple Incorporated has gotten. In the third quarter, the third fiscal quarter of 2011, Apple reported $28.57 billion in revenue. This year, in the same quarter and the most recent quarter, which figures are available, Apple reported $81.4 billion in sales nearly three times as much. Apple's iPhone alone accounted for nearly $39.6 billion last quarter, which is more than the company's entire sales when Cook took over. When it comes to the stock price and market cap, um, if you're an investor, you would be happy if you'd bought Apple shares on Cook's first day in charge. An investment of just $1,000 in Apple's stock on August 24, 2011, would be worth more than $16,866 as of Monday, an over 32% annual rate of return if you had reinvested all your dividends. Compare that to the S&P 500 index, that only returned just more than 16% annually over the same period. And all of this has resulted in Apple becoming the most valuable publicly traded company anywhere in the world worth more than 2.4 trillion dollars trillion not billion edging out other giants in the tech world like microsoft and amazon now the one thing that has propelled apple's market cap is the company's new focus on its services business the catch-all category includes software subscriptions like icloud apple music app store downloads and a portion of transactions uh, users make in the apps they download. Apple Care warranties, money from Google to make its search engine the default on iPhone, and cuts from its Apple Pay payment service. And now, Apple first started to pivot more towards services and call more attention to this uh, previously sleepy category back in 2015, as iPhone growth, uh, sales growth continued to slow. Now, Apple has actually started to release new products as well to bolster its services that bill on a recurring basis, including um, Apple News Plus, a digital magazine bundle, and Apple TV Plus, a competitor to Netflix. It's also bundling its services in a subscription called Apple One. Most recently, it started to add privacy features to paid iCloud accounts. And the growth of Apple's services business has grown from just $2.95 billion in fiscal 2011 to a whopping $53.7 billion 
in the fiscal year 2020. And that has given investors confidence that it can find new revenue streams even as the iPhone sales slow. When it comes to uh, Steve Jobs, you know, he's often remembered as somebody or should I say a CEO who was really product focused. He was heavily involved in the development of new devices from their conception until they were on your store shelves. Now, Cook isn't as product focused as his predecessor, but his Apple, his company now, has managed to launch several new and more importantly, successful products. Back in 2015, Apple released Apple Watch, a companion for the iPhone that tracked heart rate, displayed notifications, and worked with a variety uh, compatibility of watch brands from fashion brands like Hermes. Now, while Apple has never actually released unit sales numbers or even direct revenue from the watch, there are estimates that say that Apple shipped 33.9, call it 40 million, 40 million watches in 2020, far outpacing Huawei, the second place company, which only shipped 11 smartwatches. Apple also released AirPods back in 2016. Similarly, Apple has never announced financial results from the, from the AirPods, but the company's wireless headphones accounted for just under half of wireless headphone sales in 2020. That's according to uh, strategy, strategy analytics. In 2011, Apple's other category at the time called peripherals and other hardware reported $2.3 billion in sales. By 2020, after being bolstered by the release of both the Apple Watch and AirPods, it had more than $30.6 billion in revenue. And uh, Apple's main product, you know, the iPhone, of course, which accounted for 47% of the company's sales in the most recent quarter. But under Cook's watch, the iPhone has improved on a rigorous annual release schedule. Uh, when Cook took over, the most advanced iPhone was the iPhone 4 with a 5 megapixel camera and a 3.5 inch screen. But today, fast forward to today, modern iPhone 12 devices of course, we have the iPhone 13 coming this September, but modern iPhone 12 devices can come with as many as three cameras, a 6.7 inch screen and an Apple designed processor that rivals the fastest computer chips. And of course, prices have risen too. The iPhone 4 costs just $599 for an entry level model uh, or $199 with a carrier contract. But today, Pro models of the iPhone 12, well, they start at a whopping $999. And if you're looking for a little bit of an insight into the leadership style of Mr. Tim Cook, go no further than his 2010 commencement speech at Auburn University. Then the Apple chief operating officer, Tim Cook, shared the most significant discovery that he made when he arrived at Apple back in 1998 and that discovery was of course trusting his intuition i used to think beyond my training as an engineer engineers are taught to make decisions analytically and largely without emotion cook said during the speech there are times in all of our lives when a reliance on gut or intuition just seems more appropriate 
when a particular course of action just feels right. And increasingly, I've discovered it's in facing life's most important decisions that intuition seems the most indispensable to getting it right. End quote. So, August 24th marks the 10th anniversary of Cook taking the helm of Apple Incorporated. Before then, he was Apple's chief operating officer from 2005 to 2011. Cook became CEO when Steve Jobs stepped down back in 2011. Jobs died six weeks later. And after a decade, Cook's instinctive choices have made Apple one of the most important companies of the modern age. And last year, the tech giants became the first company anywhere on earth to hit a $2 trillion market cap. When Jobs stepped down, some critics questioned Cook's ability to deliver the same level of creativity and innovation. But Cook has found new ways to make Apple products irresistible. As a tech leader, Cook went up against the National Center for Public Policy Research, telling the mostly conservative group of climate change deniers with Apple investments to, quote, get out of the stock. In 2017, he defended young immigrants when the Trump administration tried to end the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program, DACA. Under his leadership, Apple has also increased its charitable donations, including a $100 million investment in racial justice initiatives. That was back in January of this year. When he was chief operating officer of Apple, Cook was known as the quiet, hardworking Southern gentleman. In contrast to Jobs, uh, Steve Jobs' reputation of having an abrasive personality. But over the past 10 years or so, Cook has demonstrated keen instincts, some of which he credits to his predecessor, Steve Jobs. And Jobs often made choices that reflected sharp intuition, like scrapping the plastic screen on the iPhone for glass just a few months before the launch. Cook's support of social issues as a business leader has become a characteristic of his leadership style. In 2014, he became the first openly gay CEO of a Fortune 500 company. Interviewers often ask Cook to um, whether corporate leaders should take a stance on public policy and his willingness to go against, go against the grain where other business executives remain silent could be the greatest part of his legacy. Apple is about changing the world, Cook said uh, back in 2018. It became clear to me some number of years ago that you don't do that by staying quiet on things that matter. What about challenges going forward? Are there any pressing issues or matters for the CEO to tackle? Well, yes, let's just say that uh, Tim Cook is going to be a very busy man in the upcoming years. A month after Cook took over, Apple had 60,400 full-time employees. Fast forward to today, it now has 147,000 full-time employees in countries all over the globe. That's according to a filing last autumn. Apple's global operations will create new challenges for the company. Cook personally navigated a relationship with former President Donald Trump as the US placed tariffs on parts and products that Apple imports. 
It also faces pressure from China and other governments over the apps it has in its store and how it operates its cloud services. Back to the US, Apple has been lumped in with other dominant tech companies as having too much power. In Apple's case, regulators and critics have focused on the App Store, the only way for consumers to install software on an iPhone. Detractors claim that it has arbitrary rules and decry Apple's cut of 30% of most purchases, which they say is just too much. Later this year, a judge in Oakland, California, would decide whether Apple broke antitrust laws prompted by a lawsuit from Fortnite maker Epic Games. Cook testified in court for the first time as the CEO during that trial, and Apple also faces legislation currently being debated in the United States Congress, which would force the company to change the way it administers its software stores. Apple has denied that it holds a monopoly over its App Store, but Apple also gets questions about what its next big product move may be in the near future. It's been um, heavily invested in researching self-driving electric cars, but a release date is still likely to be years away. It's working really hard right now in the health world to allow users to store medical records and communicate with their doctors. But Apple hasn't really released any health hardware except for its Apple Watch. Apple is also working on virtual reality and augmented reality headsets, but those would represent a big new category that hasn't really yet caught on with uh, consumers. But whatever comes next, I think it's safe to say that, um, you know, with whatever holds for Apple's future, I think Tim Cook remains a steady hand at its helm. 10 more years? Probably not, but I can tell you that I feel great right now. And the date is not in sight, but 10 more years is a long time and probably not 10 more years. Those are the words of Tim Cook when asked how much longer he has in the top job at Apple Incorporated. Now, I'm going to take you through some of the top choices that I feel are in line for the role of CEO at Apple in the near future. Firstly, we have Mr. Craig Federighi. He is a well-liked and personable individual. He has turned the ship on Apple software and his pedigree dates back. You know, he's Apple's 51-year-old senior vice president of software engineering. And I think he has the Apple credentials to run the show which is particularly important at an iconic personality-driven company. Almost everything said about Federighi also applies to choice number two, Greg or Jos Josviak, um, Apple's senior vice president of worldwide marketing. He's been with Apple since 1986. He's well-liked inside and outside of the company, and he's a known quantity. And while his current role is in marketing, Josviak also has the technical know-how, having previously worked on the Macintosh team and helped to develop the original iPod and iPhone. Like Federighi, he's also a staple at Apple Keynotes and his ascendancy to the CEO role wouldn't really lead anyone to raise eyebrows. 
which nicely leads over to the third name among our top choices. There's Mr. Jeff Williams. Now, prior to taking over as CEO, Cook served as Apple's chief operating officer, a role currently filled by Jeff Williams. Williams has been with Apple since 1998 and played a key role in the launch of the first iPhone. He also led the engineering development of the Apple Watch, a wearable product so far ahead of the competition that Apple has now actually become the largest watchmaker anywhere in the world. Like Federighi and Josiak, Williams is also a regular at Apple keynotes um, like last September. He was the one who was chosen to unveil the Apple Watch Series 6. Now, Tim Cook is no Steve Jobs. We're just going back to Tim Cook again. But his calm presence, methodological approach and advocacy for social issues have come to define Apple in the post Steve Jobs era. Personality and presence, of course, mattered Apple. And all of these uh, three choices here, whether it's Federighi, Josiak or Williams, I think would fit the bill quite nicely. For any of them to take over from Tim Cook, I think would put investors, staff and just company watchers or observers at ease. Now, if Cook were to leave in 10 years at the age of 70, Federighi would be 61, Josviak would be 66 and Williams would be 68 years old. Now, finally, Apple Incorporated could they just might go entirely outsider and select someone with no prior history at Apple Incorporated, which actually is extremely unlikely. You know, Apple has a unique culture and storied history, and that suggests that whoever takes over uh, next as CEO is probably somebody who's currently working there right now. Okay, so how would I rate the job that Tim Cook has done at Apple over the past 10 years or so? Success, failure, mediocre, indifferent? Eh, for me, by any metric imaginable, Tim Cook has grown Apple Incorporated into a behemoth over the past decade. Revenues have reached a record $111 billion this past uh, holiday season in Q4 2020, that's quadruple what the company saw in the same quarter back in 2011. Profits have more than quadrupled from $6 billion in Q1 2011 to $28.8 billion in Q1 2021. The company also holds nearly $200 billion in cash, more than double the already staggering $76 billion uh, it had back in 2011 and Apple has doubled its size of uh, full-time employees you know as of June 2021 Apple now makes an average of $10,000 every single second 3,600 of which is pure net profit now I don't know how long ago you start watching or should I say listening to this story or this podcast episode but chances are Apple Incorporated already grossed half a million dollars by the time you finish listening to this episode. Which is insane, really. And I just want to take this back to Tim Cook's predecessor, 
who is, of course, the co-founder um, and former CEO, Mr. Steve Jobs, the late great Steve Jobs. And, you know, I, if he was alive today, just seeing the progress, the achievements and accolades that Tim Cook has acquired over the past decade or so, I don't think even he could have imagined the stellar and incredible work that Tim Cook has done. Um, we know that Steve Jobs actually had um, a big part to play in handpicking Tim Cook when he was chief operating officer and promoting him to the CEO position in you know, replacing Steve Jobs. So I, I, I think you'll just be delighted with the job that he has done. Um, and honest, when it comes to impact and legacy, Tim Cook's impact and legacy might be comparable to Steve Jobs himself. Of course, Steve Jobs and uh, who was the other one? Um, Wozniak. They, you know, kind of kicked off the company back in the 70s, 80s. But, you know, Tim Cook has really steered the ship during Apple's most successful period in their history this past 10 years. And I, I kind of feel sorry for whoever comes in to replace him. Obviously, we went through some candidates earlier. But, yeah, it's, I, I just wish Steve Jobs was alive today just to see the where Apple is today, what Tim Cook has done and his team. I think it's staggering, to be honest with you. When it comes to assessing the impact and legacy of Tim Cook's Apple, i like to go back to September of 2017 when he was asked a question on this matter surrounding his work, um, how he would like to be remembered and everything else Apple related. And this was at a Bloomberg Global Forum in New York City. Um, and he was, I, I just like, I just like his answer to this question um, surrounding his impact. Um, he says, quote, when my toes point up, if people say he was a good and decent man, that is good enough for me. That's my goal. End quote. Now, I find that striking because he didn't really mention any of his achievements, accolades or the progress he has steered Apple through um, over the past decade or so. And if he were alive today, I can only imagine that the late, great Steve Jobs would be immensely proud of the job that Tim Cook has done over the past 10 years. We know that Steve Jobs was the guy who basically handpicked Tim Cook from the chief operating officer position and promoted him up to CEO to replace Steve. Um, but I, I like the contrast between Jobs and Tim Cook. You know, Jobs was by all accounts an extraordinary innovator and creator who is, who is worth remembering for sure. But I think the, the contrast with Tim Cook suggests that, um, you know, Cook's simpler understanding of a meaningful life is just as valid as Jobs' lofty desire to, you know, create this, um, this product-focused Apple Incorporated. By, by staying true to his promise of, um, of, um, uh, of security and privacy, 
Tim Cook continues to, to build his legacy of strengthening the Apple experience by embracing principles and values that transcend just hardware and software. And, and he has done this by, um, by creating or playing to his strengths, dedicating much of his attention to nurturing the Apple experience by focusing on six key values. And those values are one, security, two, privacy, uh, three, trust, four, equality, five, ethics, and finally six, environmental stability or responsibility, I should say. And we'll just go into these um, in a bit more detail, kicking off with um, equality and ethics. You know, Cook placed uh, Mr. Jeff Williams as the executive monitoring third party contract manufacturer and supplier working conditions. Now, while there's still much more progress to be made on this matter, Cook's focus on human rights issues once again relates back to the Apple experience. There's a story behind every Apple product, including how it's made. And, and um, Cook understood that the Apple experience began all the way back with the raw materials at factories. And even if you go back even further to the mines themselves. In addition to that, um, Cook has pushed for equality in other parts of daily life becoming much more vocal in current political affairs by using Apple's power and standing to extend his reach. Now, while it may be hard to find the direct relationship between these actions and Apple products, Tim Cook's motivation is clear. Apple is a company that stands for everyone. And then when we talk about environmental responsibility, um, Apple's aggressive stance on Green initiatives has been well chronicled in the press and the media, right? But the motivation behind these actions are still being underestimated. Whether it was creating working forests in the states of Maine and North Carolina in America, or building extensive um, solar projects in China, Cook has embarked Apple on a mission to minimize its impact on the environment. Cook actually hired Lisa Jackson, the former Environmental Protection Agency chief uh, from the US in 2013, to oversee Apple's environmental practices. It's not that his focus on being environmentally friendly started with Cook's imagination, especially since we look back at how Apple embarked on more environmentally friendly decisions in his product lineup under Steve Jobs. So he was kind of continuing that legacy of over from uh, Jobs himself. However, the kicker here is that Cook felt that Apple's leadership status in the global economy placed it in a, um, in, a, in a unique position to serve as an example for others in the industry. And that, my friends, I believe is the legacy of Mr. Tim Cook. You know, I think one day he will be rem this will be remembered um, as the era in which the ideals were established and ingrained into the Apple experience. Even though the product will always be front and center of it all, hardware and software can only go so far in advancing humanity. And I think Tim Cook understood that very well indeed.
Well, that has been it for episode 55 of the Economics Echo podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast provider and join us next time for a brand new episode. Until then, this is Economics Echo, signing out. Peace.